Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. The House Select Committee on Competition with China has just held its first meeting. Lawmakers highlighted the threat posed by the Chinese communist regime and its human rights abuses. We just sat down with Congressman Ralph Norman of South Carolina to discuss. Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Congressman, uh, House GOP, the Select Committee on China last night holding its first hearing. Um, what are your thoughts? Is it telling that uh, Democrats are now getting on board with Republicans in, in really becoming vocal right now? What's telling is long overdue to have this virus kill over a million Americans. I mean, think about that, over a million Americans. A virus that everybody knew didn't come from a bat. They didn't know where it came from, but it's now been acknowledged by the virologists it came from the lab. Whether it got out on its own or uh, if, if it was intentional, who knows? Bottom line is the death rate's pretty high. Mm -hmm. And to reclaim the lives of those who are now dead is unacceptable. Uh, the, I'm glad the hearing took place. Uh, I think you'll see more of them. If the Democrats don't understand it, they do now. We're issuing a lot of subpoenas at every level. Every committee's got subpoena power. China is a China is our enemy. China, we've got to get um, disengaged from, from manufacturing to trade to um, imports. We've just got to get uh, disconnected with them. They don't have America's best interests at heart. So uh, I was glad they it finally came out. If you read Scott Atlas's book, who was in the Trump administration and who dealt directly with Dr. Fauci. And, you know, it's amazing. They said, follow the science. Really? Why didn't they follow the science? Now, I want to ask you, the uh, uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray has just come out and said the CCP is now trying to thwart the probe and any further investigation into this. Should organizations like the WHO, other independent bodies, other governments be more vocal about this? I don't trust the World Health Organization. Uh, his track record has not been good. They're owned and essentially are controlled by the CCP. And so it's up to America. We're the victims, and we've got every right to ask every question, hold every hearing. It's not a surprise that they're going to thwart any investigation. They don't want it out. And so that's where uh, the truth is what needs to be told. I think it will be told. Truth always comes out at the end. It's got to be sooner rather than later, though. Congressman, to your point about decoupling with China, uh, a lot of people are now calling for that. You had Senator Hawley last night calling to revoke China's most favorite nation uh, trade status. Is this something that you think could potentially gain some steam in Congress? Absolutely. I mean, th th this administration is getting more dependent on China. This administration has thwarted any type questioning of the COVID virus, as an example, of the treatment of COVID. And uh, they're compromised. It, it, there has to be no other reason that they're taking the stance that they, they have. The rare minerals that China's providing, we have them here in, in America. The oil and natural gas, we have it here in America. We've got a 150-year supply of it. So we've got to get, China is not our friend. Uh, if the balloon didn't prove, prove that, I don't know what did. If the uh, TikTok didn't prove that, I don't know what did. Their surveillance of America has been allowed to go unfettered by this administration. And with the next administration, you'll see a different tact, regardless of who wins the presidency. 
Congressman, I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you about uh, A.G. Garland, who was on the Hill today sitting before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, faced a line of questioning from your hometown uh, friend, uh, Lindsey Graham, in terms of when it comes to fentanyl and minimum uh, penalties for those who get caught dealing it or are caught in possession with it. He was asked if uh, those people, if, if the minimum should be raised, and he deferred on it and deflected. What do you make of that? It's no surprise with Merrick Garland. Look at his track record. He's weaponized uh, his role uh, as Attorney General. He has, um, he's gone after uh, people that he shouldn't go after. He's not interested in penalties uh, to punish those. He takes his orders from the Biden administration. And uh, he's an embarrassment. And he's somebody that uh, he, he has words, but nothing he says has any meaning because he doesn't believe in it. He has the talking points of the administration and uh, look at who he's gone after from those who, who attend educational meetings that he doesn't like to those to trying to prosecute those who tear these cities up, it's just not there. It's not in his DNA, and it's not something he's not going to do. His exit couldn't come quick enough. South Carolina Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan is facing challenges in the Supreme Court. NTD's Kelly Wright spoke with Killian Laverty to learn more about the case. Laverty is a policy manager at the conservative advocacy group FreedomWorks, based in Washington, D.C. Killian Laverty, uh, welcome to the Capitol Report. Explain to me what you do with FreedomWorks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, so I'm part of the policy team there. So we get to work with uh, all the Hill critters on the Capitol and uh, work to pass good conservative legislation that represents free markets and uh, the values and ideals of the American people and our founding. All right, based on that, what is your concern, or I should even say FreedomWorks position, uh, on the Supreme Court hearing the case about President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness plan? Well, really, it shows a lot about this administration in that we've seen a pattern here where we, whether it be the OSHA vaccine mandate case, the EPA, or uh, even the, the CDC eviction moratorium, we have these giant sweeping policy decisions being made unilaterally by the executive branch without the, the behest of Congress or anything like that solely for policy ideals that Joe Biden promised on the campaign trail that he knows he can't get passed through Congress, but will do it anyway and make the Supreme Court out to be the bad guy when, lo and behold, the executive branch is not the lawmaking branch of government. Really, it, it is a, a troubling pattern here, and we're watching right now a program that's affecting millions of Americans with the student loan forgiveness program. It's coming out to something like $400 billion in total, which is more than the GDP of most countries on Earth. And President Biden is making this decision without any of the consent of Congress. And he's going to make those nine justices on the Supreme Court, in particular the six appointed by Republican presidents, out to be the bad guy when they tell him, finally, it's unconstitutional. He can't do that. You'll recall that both uh, administrations instituted a national emergency plan based on the 2003 law, which followed 9-11, the 9-11 attack, mm -hmm. which provided, through the HEROES Act, the ability for the education secretary, under uh, the duress of the country, to actually pass a plan or to modify the statutory uh, components of 
student loan forgiveness so that they wouldn't be burdened economically during the height of a national emergency. Does that square with you right now that, that if, if President Biden had stuck to that plan rather than following the progressives of his party in expanding the plan, uh, is that what's really at stake here? Yeah, well, let's be clear. It says the, the text of the statute says the ability for the secretary to waive statutes, not waive balances. This is firmly a, a power of the purse question, which the executive branch has no uh, no say in. I mean, they can they can spend the funds, but they're not the ones that get to authorize them. Uh, that is firmly Congress. Uh, and really, it's pressure that we have seen on Joe Biden from the left flank from the very beginning of his presidency. I mean, this man thinks he's... FDR, and it's a, a consistent uh, desire to pass these large sweeping programs when he's never had a sweeping majority, even when there was United Democrat control of Congress. There were very slim majorities. In fact, it was a 50-50 split in the Senate. There was no mandate for Joe Biden to come in and spend the billions to trillions of dollars that he is, he's pushed through over the, the course of the past couple years. And the, the student loan forgiveness plan is just another in a long line of high spending, egregious uh, proposals that he's put forward. And it's going to hurt millions and millions of Americans when they find out in June that this, uh, President Biden does not have the authority to waive their loans like he, he has or he has tried to do. Killing, what do you see as being the solution to this problem in terms of student loan debt? It continues to rise. Uh, for many people seeking to go to college and may not have the ability to afford college, so they take on these student loans. And you know the uh, cycle, the vicious cycle that many of them are exposed to, including some of the form, some of the members of the Supreme Court who encountered uh, student loan debt as well, but were man were able to go in and manage their their debt. Certainly, I, I graduated undergrad with uh, with student loan debt. My fiance is currently a grad student who has who's taking on a lot of uh, debt at the moment. But, and, and that's not an not a uncommon occurrence. There are lots and lots of Americans that have these high student loan balances, and it's only gotten worse over the, the decades. And a lot of that, unfortunately, is because governments enabled these easy loans and, and fostered this kind of culture in our schools that it's college or bust, when that's not the case. And really, we're going to have to take a hard look in the mirror moving forward about what is the role of, co or of college and how can we best equip Americans and our kids to, to graduate and to, to move into the workforce eventually in an economically feasible manner without taking these giant loans that they can't afford to pay back. Absolutely. Killian Laverty, thank you for joining us in the Capitol Report. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.